You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. The following episode does include spoilers from Season 8, Episode 1 of Game of Thrones. Thanks for tuning into this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I'm your host. I'm really excited to do this special show. It's been a while since we've done one of these kinds of shows that's dedicated to one of our favorite television programs of all time, the one, the only Game of Thrones. It premiered on HBO this past Sunday night. And it's a big deal, guys, because this is the series finale. That's it. After season eight, there is no more Game of Thrones. Um, And I believe that this past episode came in with record numbers and rightfully so. Everybody is joining in. Even there's still new people that just want to see what all the rage is about uh, that tuned in last night, including my mom. And gosh, it was kind of annoying (laughs) her asking me all of these questions. Um, but it's it's great that everybody's excited for Game of Thrones and it's a little bittersweet because, you know, it's the last time that we'll come together online and on Twitter as a family to live tweet the show. So very excited to do this recap with Angelica. Angelica, I'll let you introduce yourself, but um, Angelica is actually the person behind the Black Girl Nerds Twitter account. <laughs> so I am not going to take credit for her tweets. She did that and and she did the damn thing it it was amazing um i was supporting on black girl geeks and uh it it was great to live tweet with you guys again thrones y'all was a hashtag we were using i saw that it trended so it's good that it's still a very popular hashtag and yeah i'm i'm just really excited to get into this so angelica please introduce yourself to the bgn podcast audience 
Hello, fellow Black girl nerds. Um, as Jamie said, my name is Angelica, and I am the, I guess, the voice, the Twitter fingers behind the <laughs> the BGN Twitter handle um, during our Game of Thrones live tweet. Um, I'm so excited to get into this podcast. Uh, my fingers were flying last night. It was an amazing premiere, so I'm just ready to get into the meat of the episode. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, well, one thing I really liked, Angelica, about this episode was it just jumped right into it. We didn't get a whole bunch of world building and backstory. And the episode just went, basically picked up where it left off. Exactly. I really, I really love that. So I was able to get into it right away. Yeah, I did a little research and looks like the writers and the showrunners, um, who I affectionately, or actually most people affectionately call them D&D, um, they were t- <laughs> they were talking about um, possibly doing a cold opening, kind of maybe perhaps doing a flashback, and they decided just to go with um, I guess the traditional Game of Thrones format, which is the you know the dun 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 dun, dun our opening, which mm-hmm. by the way changed, and um, just diving right into the action with uh, Daenerys and Jon um, returning to Winterfell. So um, thought that was oh, can we just talk about the opening credits? Yes. You know what? It's funny because when you're live tweeting these shows, it's it's hard sometimes because you're paying attention to Twitter. Yes. And I like to engage with the Twitter audience and then I retweet, excuse me, I retweet tweets. So I didn't notice the opening credit change until I saw people talking about it and I'm like, oh, I missed it. But yeah, yeah, let's talk about it because I, of course, did a rewatch. Yes. I mean, there's a lot to unpack, but yeah, we definitely have to address the fact that the opening credits changed completely. Um, I was live tweeting, so I just happened, I just looked up for a second and I saw, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is different. Um, so I guess it was like a big secret, like not even people from the show, like people that were part of the show knew about it. They didn't know wow. until the premiere. So it was a big uh, change up. Um, it's definitely was high definition, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like how if and I don't know if you noticed if you played it back, uh, they actually had grayed out like little tiles that represented ice, which yeah. represented the White Walkers. Um and the first thing they hit was the last hearth. So we'll get to that part later. Um, the wall was down. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, and we got to like look inside Winterfell, look inside the the uh, Red Landing. Keep. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that also kind of brings it back to the fact that we're not all over the world anymore. We're basically in two locations. Right. We're in, we're in Winterfell or we're in King's Landing, occasionally the wall. Um, So I I knew they would change it as far as not having so much on the map, but I didn't think they would revamp the whole thing. Um, Bye-bye, Summer Isles. I know, (laughs) bye-bye, Summer Isles. I want to visit, but Um, (laughs) bye-bye. And one interesting tidbit I noticed, um, the Astro, I guess it's called the Astro Globe that's over top of -hmm. the world. That actually was updated too. Um, If you notice before it would, you would see a line and a stag, but they actually updated to include major moments in Game of Thrones. Um, they actually show in the birth of Daenerys dragons. Mm. Um, they showed the Red Wedding. <laughs> it was like a lion holding uh, uh, the head of a, of a wolf, of a dire wolf. So that was sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I think the last one, oh, I can't think of it. It was three things that they updated. I'm going to have to go back to my notes. But they basically pointed out key points in Game of Thrones history and they put it in the Astroglobe. 
So that was pretty exciting. That's awesome. And when in doubt, go to Reddit to find out what, <laughs> what the third one is. <laughs> it's going to come to me like, we're going to get like an hour into this. I'm like, wait, I remember now. <laughs> um, so yeah, the opening credits was uh, definitely a treat. Uh, and just actually just hearing the theme song, like the dun, 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 like mm-hmm. that, that just brought it all back. Um, if I can it's get- like the best theme song ever. <laughs> it I, is. That and Walking Dead comes second are like the best theme songs on television. It's And it's actually going to make me sad that we're not going to be hearing that on Sunday nights anymore after this season ends. So. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to have to like download it on iTunes or something and just replay <laughs> it every now and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, my head is going like, what? What was that third thing? I'm going to think of it. I know it. Um, <laughs> but uh, moving on from... Oh, actually, I, I was thinking this. Like, It'd be nice if there was like a trap remix of, <laughs> of, yeah, that hasn't been done yet right, i haven't seen it and i was just thinking about it last night like wouldn't that be great um so yeah somebody out there a producer somebody put that together no, no, it. <laughs> all right uh, so you let's can trap, you can trap music country you can trap music game of thrones exactly <laughs> uh so um let's dive into the actual episode so um, I loved how this episode started off with so many callbacks to the pilot. Um, I don't know if you mm. noticed that, but essentially the pilot, it was King Robert's procession that was coming into Winterfell. Right. And now we have Queen Daenerys and not King Jon Snow um, coming into the procession. And then um, what I really thought was cool was there's this little boy. He's not a character, a main character. He's just an extra. But it was very reminiscent of Arya in the pilot when she's kind of jockeying to see, you know, these soldiers that she so admires and she's going between people's legs. Um, And then Arya kind of catches that little boy and kind of gives a smile. So I'm thinking like, was she thinking about all those years ago when she saw a procession come in? Uh, So that was cool. I did not even catch all that. See, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) you are on it with these details. I mean, it's, I, Truth be told, like, I know a lot of people binge watched and like rewatched the series and even probably starting from season one to just try to amp up for, for this final season. But um, I think I rewatched like the last few episodes mm-hmm. of season seven. Uh, so yeah, season one, it's so long ago. I barely remember. <laughs> I'm like a steel trap. I mean, but then again, I've also seen the pilot about... <sighs> I would say six or seven times over the last few years. So mm-hmm. it's very much yeah. still in my head. Um, and then yeah. in addition to Arya, there was also a callback to Bran um, when the little boy's climbing on top of the tree and he's looking out. That's the same thing. Well, Bran was climbing a tower, but it's still a callback to good old Bran who isn't Bran anymore. So right. um, I really enjoyed that. And then another thing that I noticed when the procession was going in, um, not just the distrust of Danny, um, but Missande and Grey Worm, they kind of had um, a little bit of a culture shock. And I guess Northerners did too. So I'm saying to yeah. myself, I'm like, have they ever seen, uh, if you think about it, have, have Northerners ever seen people of color? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh my God, Barbecue Becky is going to get on her cell phone and give a call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't don't think they have. It's it's like, you know, Iceland. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not black people that live in Iceland. So, yeah, they were probably pretty shocked by that. 
Um, it was a really fun moment too that happened in the carriage ride mm-hmm. between Tyrion and Akari's, <laughs> and, and Tyrion takes a shot at his balls. That was <laughs> that was priceless. I I just missed those moments um, with Tyrion and and Varys, so it was great to see that happen again. Yeah, and I love seeing the reunion, of course, with the Starks. That was oh good. yeah, uh, that gave me all the feels. Just having all the living Starks uh, back at Winterfell together. Um, yeah, that was, I, I kind of like, not like teared up. I did tear up. I teared up a little bit. I'm not afraid to admit it. I teared up a little bit. <laughs> See all the Starks back together. And once again, more callbacks uh, to the pilot. Uh, so in this case, John is the king. Season one, it was Robert that approached um, the Stark standing in the courtyard and then Cersei followed. Mm-hmm. So Daenerys followed. So that's another callback to the pilot. And then even John kissing Bran on the forehead, that was essentially the last thing he did before he left Winterfell when, you know, Bran was in a coma. He kissed him on the forehead. Yeah. So they just sprinkled in so many moments from the pilot episode into this final season. Um so, and another, I think, interesting moment was when John said, you're a man. And then yeah. <laughs> Bran goes, mm, almost, not quite. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a little creepy for me. I, I know that there's a theory that's been trickling on the internet for a mm-hmm. while that Bran may be the Night King. So, I don't know, maybe him saying that he's almost human may convince fans that this theory could be true. Um, but it, it was kind of weird that he would say something like that. I think Bran in general is just weird at this point. <laughs> he has been goth for like the last three seasons. Yeah, That's he's true. been really um, emo. And so I wouldn't really take offense to anything he says. He's just the three-eyed raven at this point. I think that's really what he's alluding to is that I'm no longer human. I'm, you know, this entity mm. almost. I'm not quite a man. So I'm in the man's body, but I'm not a man. So I'm a shell of my former yes. self. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. that to me, I kind of is a sad thing for me just in going back and watching the first season and seeing how like exuberant and how much of like this cute little boy that Bran was and then it's kind of been stripped away um, for the greater good, but it just kind of makes you sad that Bran isn't Bran anymore. Right. So then you, you don't think that the theory of him being nice. I don't buy it. I mean, I think it's an interesting theory, but if you think about it, the children of the forest created the night King. Um, We all who right. that was it was an unnamed man but it was thousands of years ago so i'm not sure how bran can be the night king um the only other theory that i would maybe go with is that when bran had essentially um put himself north of the wall when he when he saw the vision or i guess uh the the the, the night king and his army you know when he caused all mm-hmm. that when he caused holar to die and summer to die um i'm, I'm still not right. over that um that maybe his consciousness is in the Night King, like, or maybe some of the Night King is in him when he marked him. But I still don't think Bran is the Night King. Yeah, I when I saw that theory, I was just like, "What y'all are reaching <laughs> on this one?" But I, I do agree with your, you know, your sentiment about you know the fact that he's a three eyed raven. He's not really, you know, the brand that he used to be, and he's you know essentially like a shell of his former self, and he's just gone through so much trauma. Mm-hmm all of these past seasons and yeah, you know, they, probably the humanity has him. 
depleted from him. Right. Yeah. And think yeah. about it. He had a lot less time than the original Three-Eyed Raven, who actually, fun fact, was a Targaryen himself. Um, he was, I believe his name was Brendan Rivers, if I'm not mistaken. And he was a bastard Targaryen that was also a Lord Commander. Um, and he disappeared much like Uncle Benjen beyond the wall. And he probably was in that tree for about a hundred years downloading all this information whereas Bran maybe will give him a couple months um so I would say the original mm. three-eyed raven he adjusted well you know I believe he was still very much human whereas Bran to me is just a giant computer um right, like he right. has to put a, a put his human's tendencies to the side in order to just download all this information so hence why he's so cold um, so I'm hoping maybe when this whole war is over that Bran gets back to himself, but I, I doubt it. Yeah. Oh gosh, I, I hope they. I just want the Starks to have normal lives. <laughs> I know that that's probably almost impossible at this point, but I, you know, th- when people say "What house do you represent?" I'm House Stark all the, all the way. way, and I just I, I love them, and and you know we. We've known them since season one. They were the first family that we were introduced to in the Game of Thrones universe. And I just really want them to have normal, peaceful lives. But, mm. you know, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, so if, if you're expecting a happy story, you're in the wrong place, to quote, Ram- to right. quote Ramsey. Um, but yeah, so uh, actually, jo- uh, speaking of uh, Bran, he also kind of threw off Daenerys when he said, you know, hey, let's cut cut all this BS. Uh, essentially, we're going to get you the throwdown between Danny and Sansa. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that. But Bran basically cuts through that all, cuts through all of that and says, you know, we have to worry about the Night King approaching. He has one of your dragons let's like let's get to the point um yeah let's get to business bran was like very matter of fact let's just cut all of this you know these formalities and all of these introductions we got work right, to do right the now. dead are coming period we don't have time <laughs> um he spends a lot of time in that courtyard um so he he's he's waiting on something but he definitely wants to get to the to the to the to the matter to at hand he doesn't want to talk about hey i'm a queen no we need to worry about this army of the right. dead. Um, so exactly. great segue into um Danny and Sansa. Um, mm-hmm. shade being thrown all around, all around. The shadiest of the of shade. The shade. <laughs> <laughs> like they were out shading I feel like the queen of shade to me up until this point has always been Cersei so to see these two go at it I was like okay somebody's coming for the crown <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I I actually I really love this this interaction and I expected mm-hmm. it like first of all Sansa I, I have this love hate relationship with Sansa over the mm-hmm. years like the earlier seasons and I think most listeners can agree with me she was just someone that I I couldn't stand, like to the point where she had me pulling my hair out in every episode because she would make one mistake after the next, after the next. She was just an insufferable character. Yeah. After the last, I would say, couple of seasons, these past two seasons, she's really, I've warmed up to her and she's obviously mm-hmm. been through a lot and um, she's handled herself very well with Grace through all of these struggles that she's been through. So, um I, I just didn't expect her to warm up to Danny like that, but um, I I'm enjoying the shade. It's just fun. I'm just gonna sit mm-hmm. while I watch the go at it. <laughs> yeah, she's come a long way from Arya. You're ruining everything. She's come such a long way. Um, she's very much like her mother. If you think about it, she's very much Catelyn yeah. Stark. 
snarky, um, no nonsense. She definitely um, inherited a lot of that from her mother now that she's the lady of Winterfell. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to talk about some of the burns that were exchanged between the two of them. Mm. So, you know, daddy, uh, Danny, daddy, <laughs> Danny, <laughs> I, mean, she, I guess she could be, um, Danny walks in, you know, she's just like, oh, hey girl, you know, this, the North is beautiful as are you. And like Sansa's expression just took me out. She looked her up and down and to the side. I was like, oh my God. And I, I loved it when Sansa said, like the kingdom is yours she's like you don't need to suck up honey like the kingdom is yours it's okay so I I just like the fact that she's just very blunt with her exchange um in that moment with Danny because Danny was trying to you know Mm -hmm. it's understandable she's in a foreign country basically with her brother and you know she wants to be because she's basically going to be a part of the family now essentially and um, you know, she's trying right. to be cordial about it, but Sansa's like, listen, girl, don't suck up. Be real. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and rightfully so. I mean, if you think about the history between the Starks and the Targaryens, you know, Danny's father murdered Sansa's grandfather and her uncle. Um, so there's not a lot of trust between them. She's a foreign queen. Um, now she's basically in her mind, like she, you've seduced my stupid <laughs> brother. He fell for you. And like, what are right. your intentions? So yeah, I would expect her to be a little shady, give her a little bit of a hard time. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that's Sansa's home. This is what she's been doing for the last two seasons, defending it. So no, she's not going to open up her arms to this foreign pretty queen that just waltzes in with mm-hmm. her older brother. Exactly. It's not happening. Exactly. <laughs> so, but it, let's not worry. Um, Dandy gets her gets her burns in too. She she's a dragon queen. She doesn't need her dragons to deliver a good burn. Um, so <laughs> literally, literally. So I guess they're burn. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Either way, verbally or with fire, <laughs> either way. Um, <laughs> but um, basically back in the Great Hall. And, I, you know, can I just touch on this real quick? So every other house, um, ruling house, has these amazing throne mm-hmm. rooms, these, like, great sets. And then you have this giant, like, picnic table. <laughs> like, can the Starks get an upgrade? <laughs> so, so they're at the picnic table and um, they're, you know, John has called in all of his banners. He wants them to fall back essentially to Winterfell. He wants everyone there to get ready to fight the army of the dead. Um, and they're discussing things. And Sansa, you know, says, you know, I am not happy. You brought in a Dothraki army, um, the Unsullied, and two dragons. Like, I, I can barely feed my own people. Now I have to f- feed, like, what, tens of thousands of more and two full-grown dragons? And, like, what does a dragon eat anyway? And then San- uh, Sansa, Danny just goes, whatever they want. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like <laughs> you could exactly. be next girl and then after she says whatever they want the look that danny gives sansa afterwards <laughs> like she slowly turns her head and looks at her i think about the the whitney houston meme in the diane sawyer interview where she turns her head slowly and smile <laughs> <laughs> the shade and literally john is just he's quite literally in the middle 
just I, I feel I feel like he was just like pulling his collar, like, oh my god, my girlfriend and my sister hate yeah, each it, other. It's gonna be some so. awkward <laughs> Thanksgiving dinners, you know, Christmases, yeah. family reunions. Absolutely. It's not going to be a comfortable experience. Not at all. And speaking of uncomfortable, every you know who made everybody uncomfortable? Well, at least me. Um, good old Liana. Mormont, the little bear, she was not happy. Talk about the queen of shade. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, inside the side eyes. eye, the queen of side eye. Liana, she actually remembers, she, she remembers, my, 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 my. Um, she reminds me a lot of Oleana Tyrell, the queen of thorns. Like, yes. she, to me, like mm-hmm. you mentioned Cersei, I think she's like the queen of all shade. Like, I miss oh, that yeah. about seeing Oleana Tyrell's character because she's just full 100 and and little Liana she just reminds me of that so when you know the Queen mm-hmm. of Thorns um when she she died like I was like where, where am I gonna get this shade from and we got it now with with Miss Lady Mormont so I'm excited for it. yes little, little bear, bear. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah she was not happy she just said you know what are you exactly? You're not my king. So what are you? Um, so that was a solid burn. Um, but she has a good point. You know, they rallied behind Jon Snow. They didn't sign up for Daenerys Targaryen. And um, of course, you know, she gives this scathing speech on how this is not what they signed up for. And then here comes Tyrion. Probably not the best person to smooth it over, but to to an extent he did um he's basically saying like we have <laughs> bigger things to think about and john saying you know i, I it, it was an honor to be king but my concern is the north not a crown so you know priorities I, I just people. really like the fact of how john holds himself up there's always some sort of opposition when he's addressing his mm-hmm. people as the new king yes. you know what i'm saying and even like last season when sansa would just question him in front of all of the folks there in town and i'm yeah. just like he really handles himself with grace because if i was king and you're like disrespecting me like that in front of people like we're gonna have some words and, and he just exactly. always handles things you know with patience and grace and he really is a true king. Like he, he really handles himself yeah. well. He reminds me of our, our former president, Barack Obama. Oh yes, forty-four forever. <laughs> um, he, he's a class act, much like Obama. Class yeah. act. Um, yeah. That, now that you that I think about it, every time John's in a position of leadership, they're always testing yeah. my boy. Like, can we just please take his direction nine t- times out of ten? Exactly. He's right. Exactly. Like y'all are still alive. <laughs> you know, the Winterfell is intact. You know, he's been able to rescue the folks and stuff. So I don't understand why people are you know always questioning him. They're, they're continuing to test Jon Snow's gangster, and I just need them to, to sit down somewhere, um, take several seats on the on the uh, picnic exactly. table. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into some of these reunions. There were so many reunions. It was such yeah. fan service, but I didn't care. I loved it all. I was with it. I was with it all. Um, so, I mean, we've already touched on it, but the Starks reunited. But specifically the moment with John and Arya at the Godswood. Um, I, cry, I, I, I like, once again, I cried <laughs> a little bit, you know, her just say, like, I tweeted it, you know, when he, she just said, uh, you used to be taller. I just like broke down. 
<laughs> yeah. It just gave it, like you said, it kind of it harkens back to season one, like when we saw John and Arya mm-hmm. and like they're back and they had such a a really, you know, genuine and you know, very special friendship and relationship as siblings. And it was good to just see yes. that happen once again, because again, the Starks, they've been through so much. Like give them yes. moments of, of levity in their lives. <laughs> Yeah, and for me, it was just like, if you think about it, um, one-on-one scenes, I really do believe John and Arya only had that one scene together Mm. um, in the pilot where he gives her needle. So just for them to be able to emulate and show this love, and we've only really probably gotten 30 seconds of it, and seeing them um, reunite, it was just really touching. You know, she brought out needle, he asked her, which I thought was kind of funny, like, have you used it? Like has she? Yeah, she's many used times. it <laughs> a lot, a lot, many, many times. Um, then he bring and this, this, kind of like having like um like a contest. Like he shows her long claw, and then you know she pulls out her dagger. Like I just thought it was just cool, just seeing them kind of connect in that way. And I kind of appreciate how they didn't really get into their stories. Like where have you been? What have you been exactly. up to? They just kind of it's just it's, it's, it's unspoken between them. Like we've been through a lot, but you know, they're back together and that hug it just got me. She just looks so happy. How, like how often do you see Ara smiling besides the fact when she's murdering people, you know, <laughs> you don't see her, <laughs> you don't see her happy very often. So. Oh my gosh, you, you bring up a good point. I don't think I can recall yes. seeing Ara smile until she kills someone. So yeah, unless she yeah. kills somebody. So just the fact that she's in her big bro's arms and, you know, she just looks so peaceful and happy there. Um, that was basically D&D. The showrunners giving us, you know, our moment. Um, and I really quite enjoy that reunion. And I just hope to see more of John and Arya together, which I'm sure and we I'm will. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that, you know, that they didn't go into any details about their backstory mm-hmm. and, you know, have a moment where they're at the dinner table or in a room having a conversation because... Look, this is the last season. There's so much to unpack and we won't have that much right. time to do it. So I'm really glad and I really appreciate the writers just going through the plot very quickly, jumping right in mm-hmm. um, and just gearing us for what we can expect or maybe not expect of how the story is going to unfold this this last season. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. no time for all of these extraneous scenes that other mm-hmm. TV shows, <clears throat> Walking Dead. Um <laughs> Dude. It's that. It's that. Yeah, like, you know, just get to the point. Um, anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was definitely, um, I appreciate that. And, you know, we only have five more episodes. And j- much like Bran, like, let's get yeah. to the point. We don't have time. Uh, <laughs> so, actually, Arya actually had a few reunions. Um, how about Arya and the Hound? Oh, my gosh. I thought the Hound was going to kill her. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> This is <laughs> um, yeah, Arya. Well, you know, she spotted him in the procession, but they didn't really get to talk until um they were in at the forge, right. you know, getting their weapon. Saw her during the procession. No, yeah. no, he did it, and I just love how he just basically says, you know, you left me yep. for dead, and she goes, uh, no, I robbed you first, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, right. like savage, <laughs> savagery, and you know he. Uh, I, I think, you know, in a way he was saying, like, you can tell, like, they wanted to hug each other, but they're just too hardcore to do right. that. Because, you know, he says, you know, you're a cold little bee, aren't yeah. you? 
And like that was that's that and hound talk. That's that's a hug. You know, that's, that's a true. compliment. That's true. So. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't sure if <clears throat> excuse me, I wasn't sure if he was you know still holding a grudge for what she did to him or if you know he's right. going to forgive her. Um, but now that you bring it up, yeah, it, it looks like probably he's forgiven her, and you know we'll see them um, become a duo once again. Yes. Speaking of duos, another one of her traveling partners, Gendry, looking good as ever. He's not rowing anymore, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) So I did notice, like, I never really caught on to the whole the whole Gendry and Arya thing. I just thought she was entirely too young for him. Yeah. Um, But but she's a grown woman now, and I did notice a little flirty exchange between them. Yeah, it's kind of like we like uh, considering a show with incest. Um, this is weird for me, but I know. Right? <laughs> I mean, I guess okay with John and Danny. Uh, um, but Ari yeah, and Gendry seems too like weird for us. Uh, <laughs> but I did notice yeah. she was a little flirty. Yeah. Um, and once again, more callbacks. Him, you know, saying, "Uh, you're my lady," and you know, "Lady of Winterfell," and she goes, "Ugh, don't call me that." Same thing from season two when they first met. Uh, so I quite enjoyed right. that. And then you know, she gave him the plans for I guess. A, a dragon glass spear, which we noticed that a few times in the promo. So I'm looking forward to seeing that unveiled. Um, so that was a fun mm-hmm. reunion. And then I'm um, f- going to move on to go a little south. Uh, Theon and Yara. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, yes. Theon finally, I guess, he grew some balls essentially. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe he still has them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Ramsay did to him. We he alluded to a sausage. He could still have. Um, he, he took off the pillars. He might have left the, the stones. I don't know. I, I have to look this up. I have to. This, I'm going to put this in my notes. Like what? They're not in the same condition they right. were when he was let's, born. Let's, let's leave it at that. So, um, a lot of talk of genitalia. <laughs> um, yeah, so he rescues his sister, and in true Yara fashion, she headbutts him. That- <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of like the fact that there's this alliance that's happening with um, these two siblings. I don't like the fact that there looks like they're creating this redemptive arc mm-hmm. for Theon, and they've been building this, you know, in previous seasons. I still hold anger in my heart for what Theon did to those orphan boys when he was trying to pass them off as Rickon and Bran by killing them and burning them like that is the most atrocious thing ever and I don't know I still kind of hold that memory um so the fact that it looks like the show is going to try to make him into Mm -hmm. this heroic figure I'm just like (laughs) I'm with you but then I'm not because I feel like Theon's kind of had his justice hurts he's suffered you know he's been punished more than enough for what he did and I kind of um I was just talking about this on like a board a message board or on a in a Facebook group you know Theon I don't consider him evil I think he essentially yeah, is like that kid that's trying to be cool that happened with doing it I mean right. he went to the extreme right. like he killed two innocent people to prove that right. you know these kids weren't missing but um yeah right. you're you're right he it wasn't something where he's just he's not Ramsey let's just say that Right. Yeah, he's definitely not Ramsey. And, you know, he regrets it. It's not like he was proud of the fact mm-hmm. that he killed the Miller's boys to try to cover up his his mistakes when he tried to take over Winterfell. Um, so 
and to a degree, I'm kind of with the redemptive arc. I mean, sure. he did some a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. he betrayed Rob. He <laughs> took over a winter fell. So he, he's done some things. But in the grand scheme of things, almost every person on the show has done something Except terrible. Aria. So I'm. I, <laughs> yeah, except Arya. <laughs> All of her murders have except been justified. Um, so, you know. Yeah, true, true. And John, um, yeah, yeah. M- maybe John and no, yeah, John and yeah. probably Masande are probably the only people I right, feel like right. haven't done anything too too bad yeah. um, <laughs> that they can come back from. Um, and then uh, the last reunion that I can yes. think of, John and Sam. Um, and I don't want to get too much into it just because I want to get to it later on. But just seeing them, you know, John being happy to see his friend, like everybody yeah. needs a Sam and just giving him a hug. I'm like, what are you doing here? Um, so that was that was good to see. Um, so more on John and Sam later on. Uh, but we're going to go south again. Um, how about that smug face? Me too. Me I kind of missed her. As awful as she is, I love her. I love her. I mean, she's not my favorite character, but I just, I I love how manipulative Mm -hmm. she is, how deceitful she is, and just how she'll just go, you know, at any length to get what she wants. And, you know, you kind of got to respect her a little bit. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely not my cup of tea, but I I do respect her. And just even like how she was introduced, uh, uh, reintroduced to us this season, you know, Kyburn comes up to her and just tells her this horrible news, you know, the wall's Mm -hmm. been breached, it's come down, and the army of the dead are on its way. And Cersei just kind of sips her wine and is just like, good. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) So that's Cersei for for you. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's she's good at being evil and sipping wine. So, um, speaking of reunions, um, Euron yes. is coming for his queen. Uh, you know, he brought the he made good on his mm-hmm. promise. He brought the golden company. Um, no Ooh, elephants. Elephants. He brought, I, I, he I brought mean, the golden. Told <laughs> I would be interested to see a bunch of elephants in King's Landing myself, but I I just didn't understand Cersei's obsession with elephants. <laughs> Like, I mean, Danny has her dragons and Cersei would have had her elephants. You know, where are my elephants? Mm-hmm. So um, she was, I guess, she, <laughs> yeah, I guess it was like a game, uh, Lord of the Rings moment. I don't know. But she really wanted those damn elephants. Um, but unfortunately, she got Euron instead. I have a question about um, that. So was, yeah. the deal, was the deal that sure. Cersei has sex with him in exchange for Euron getting the Golden Company? Was that what the arrangement was about? I feel like Euron basically at the end of the day wants to be king. So right. the arrangement was, you do this for me and you will have my hand in marriage. So Euron's kind of now saying, you know, wars are go on for years. You know, I want a sample. <laughs> like, come on, woman, give mm-hmm. it to me. Gotcha. And so um, I did read an interview where um, Lena Hetty basically says Cersei had no intentions of sleeping with Euron. She did not want to. She's very reluctant. Um, if you think about it, she's only been with like three people tops in her lifetime. So she's not about to just like give up the goods. But if you really think about it, Euron is her only ally. So if he's displeased and he walks away, what does she have? Right. So right. she gives no, in to him. 
no elephants, no elephants. So she kind of, she gets into it. You know, she decides to bed him. And uh, Euron is such a, oh, he's such a douche. He's such a tool. And immediately after, you know, they're coupling, um, he's just like, yeah, so how I do? (laughs) Like, did I do better than that fat guy? Um, How about your brother? Like, (laughs) that was so weird. Like, he would bring up Robert Baratheon and stuff. Like, what in the world was that about? He was literally, you know, like it was a, he was comparing. Oh, um, wait a minute. No, he didn't bring him up. Cersei brought him up. My bad. So no, didn't Cersei bring up Robert or did, was it no, Euron? No, it was Euron. He basically got out the bed, put his pants on and was like, so how do I compare? Am I better than your fat husband? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you think about it. I wouldn't say Cersei is chaste. Um, her book counterpart is definitely way more promiscuous but if you think about it Cersei's been with Jamie, um mm-hmm. Robert not willingly with Robert and then she's been with Lancel in the book yeah. yeah in the book she was with the Kettle Black Brothers she was with a Mirish prince a Mirish uh lady um she, she's rumored to have been with a lot of people so um book Cersei is definitely more freaky but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh for the sake of the show I guess they couldn't add all of that so um I thought that was interesting and you know Cersei may not have said she enjoyed it but she wasn't displeased so you know this could be a power couple who knows mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean she seemed like she was kind of turned on when he approached her in the court so I don't know yeah. I she is attracted to him anyway like she probably yeah. gave her up even if he didn't give her the golden company I, <laughs> I think that compound that with the fact that Jamie's gone um she, you know she's probably feeling ver- vulnerable she supposedly is pregnant um so you know might as well and i did see a lot of this online people were saying that she is trying to pin the baby on Euron. um and i'm not sure if i buy into that theory maybe it makes sense well then it i guess um well i think that probably would be a good strong theory because of the fact that you know she plans to get rid of jamie right right exactly so you know why carry this incestuous bastard child when you could just have it with your you know your pirate king um so yeah i thought that was interesting but um immediately after that scene we go to braun and doing what he does best outside of fighting in a brothel so (laughs) so he (laughs) so i mean he is no pod but he definitely gets down um and so which i thought was interesting so it's these three prostitutes these three whores as you put it um basically on top of him they're supposed to be you know getting getting it in but they're talking about danny and her dragons which is not helping braun get in the mood at all um yeah you can tell he's not at all pleased <laughs> by the situation i'm like is he even getting off in this moment he's here? not um and i thought i did notice something i think it was a cheeky reference to um ed sheeran from i think it was season six or seven i think it was the premiere of season seven when they were talking season about seven, yeah. yeah the ginger named eddie who got his face mm-hmm. burned off and he doesn't have eyelids so i was just like oh no they mutilated ed Sharon, so I thought that was a funny moment. Aww. Yeah, poor Ed. I didn't catch that. <laughs> this happens when you watch a show three times in the same night. <laughs> you catch on to things. Um, I just remember everybody being so angry on Twitter about Ed Sharon being on. 
that's like, what is the big deal? Like, what is this guy doing on game? Because I guess on Game of Thrones, like, you got to be some sort of like unknown Irish actor or, you know, mm-hmm. European actor from somewhere and to have like a well known pop singer appear on the show is just like a no yeah i mean there have been a few um entertainers on the show um the guys that did the reign of casimirs they're a rock band i forgot their name but they were and then there was another rock band that did um the purple wedding so the red wedding and the purple wedding but they blended right in ed sheeran did not blend in like all i saw mm-hmm. was ed sheeran <laughs> right right exactly so i mean exactly. i was an outrage i was just like uh this is odd this is odd placement <laughs> but I, i'm a- how did you get on the show is what i want to know is it just like hi i'm ed sheeran i'm a fan of the show can i be on your show um well actually funny you asked that it was actually for macy williams she was a huge fan so they decided uh-huh. to just kind of set up for her to have a scene with ed sheeran and i believe it was a surprise for her i'm i don't quote me but it was basically set up to just kind of make macy's day so yeah so that's how we got that um not everyone was a fan but that's the reason why ed sheeran was on game of thrones um right you guys can blame aria for that right you can (laughs) and you know now you guys that complain can be happy because his face is burned off so there yes. we go. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Kyburn basically walks in, and once again, it's kind of a callback to the pilot when Jamie was in a brothel, and at the behest of Cersei, he's interrupted, or not Jamie, sorry, Tyrion was in a brothel, and Cersei sends Jamie in to break it up. Same same right. thing here. Cersei sends Kyburn, and um, yeah, she wants uh, Bronn to uh, take out both not one not two but both of her brothers um Ruth oh and so she's clearly betrayed by jamie leaving her um and then in a nice little twist uh she hand or kyburn hands him the crossbow that Tyrion used to kill tywin so how's that yeah when i saw that i was just like wow she is just (laughs) You know what? I'm going to kill them and I'm going to send a message. Right. When I, I kill mean, them. Ron said it best. He's like, this effing family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but in exchange for this double murder, um, Bron will hopefully get his castle. So. And it looks like he's going to take up the offer <laughs> from looking at that Oh, absolutely. Scene. Bron wants his castle. He wants his lady. That's what he's been eyeing for like the last, I'm going to say, four seasons. Like, give that man a house. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so Bron is on his way to the north. So that should be interesting. And then I kind of thought this was another funny moment um, when the whore like walks up to Kyburn and she's like, yeah, I'm kind of into old guys. If you now are ever lonely, let me know. And then Kyburn goes, oh, poor girl. She's gonna die of the pox in a year. <laughs> and, she, and Ron's like, wait, which one? Which, <laughs> which one? Um, and that never gets addressed. And um, interesting tidbit: this scene was actually shot a couple years ago. It was meant for the season seven finale. But yeah, oh. they threw that into. I mean, I guess it worked better. So they threw that into the um the premiere instead of season eight. So that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, that was seamless. Yeah, we we, we didn't, didn't even know. <laughs> So yeah. what happens when you dig up stuff online um <laughs> so we're gonna go back to winterfell and i kind of have like a new rock band uh the three wise men aka Tyrion, varies and davos um <laughs> i just love seeing them together like the, the the three most clever most pragmatic men in the entire continent they're now on the same team like <laughs> 
you can't ask for anything better. Yeah. They seeing those three together was great. I'm just like, man, it, there should be a spinoff yes. series with these three. Like it was just a really great moment to to see the three of yeah. them there. So I love it. I love yeah, that I'm, I, I've dubbed them the three wise men. So just, I'm <laughs> going to trademark that. Um, so, and then, you know, Davos proposes a proposal, which is the most obvious thing John should propose to Danny. Um, you know, for, for the first time you have two good rulers, they clearly like each other. They're clearly in love. Why not just make this thing happen? Um, yeah. So, you know, Tyrion, d- despite all, all the speculation with him not being happy with their union, Tyrion seems, you know, from last season, Tyrion seems to be on board with it. And I'm not sure how Varys feels because he just kind of says, you know, keep us at a distance so we don't remind him that the unpleasant truth that nothing lasts. So I'm just like, oh my God, this is foreshadowing. Like, is Varys trying to tell us something? I feel like that moment was basically like the theme of this entire yeah. series that nothing does last forever in Westeros. I mean, we've seen so many relationships and there's been so many love couple, um, mm-hmm. young couples rather, young couples in love that have died, you know, you know, young married couples. And he could be alluding it to that, or he could just be alluding to the fact that, you know, nothing that brings peace and serenity lasts. (laughs) Not in this world, because because remember that sentiment from Cersei in, you know, season one and the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. And even the winners lose from time to time. So I, I felt like that moment was just sort of a way to, say that this is something that has always been a part of, of this universe and not necessarily throwing shade to them as a couple, mm-hmm. but just overall, nothing lasts forever. All right. Well, let's hope these two last. Cause I'm telling you outside of like Masande and Grey Worm, they're my favorite couple. So if either one of those couples goes down, I'm riding. Like exactly, exactly. <laughs> like you gotta have some couple that's gonna like. La- like I feel like that's probably gonna be with Masande and Grey Worm. We at least have hope in knowing that they are going to be okay. They're going to stay together. Let's just hope they live through the end of this series. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. Like I'm. I'm prepared that you know this is basically going to be Avengers Endgame on stereo steroids. Like I'm prepared that we're going to lose a lot of people. Um but hopefully it's hopefully it's the people that deserve it. Right. (laughs) Innocent folks. I I don't want another red wedding. I'm still scarred by that. I think we I I think I took like a day of bereavement after that. I I didn't go to work the next day. (laughs) I don't need that again. Um, So, um, speaking of John and Danny, they um, they actually walk up to those dragons, and guess who rides one? John Snow. John Snow, and I love how Danny just kind of goads him. He's just like, "What should I do? Like, who knows how to ride a dragon?" And she's like, "Come on, dude! Like, yeah, just ride it. Just she's ride like, it. You don't know it until you ride the dragon." <laughs> like, so it, 
Like, basically, she was just like, thank you, next. Like, if you don't ride this dragon, it's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> I actually made a joke on Twitter. It was kind of a, a dirty joke. But I was like, well, you know, John's had some practice riding dragons. <laughs> he has. He has. Their mom. <laughs> come easy for you, John. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, uh, a wild first ride. He was basically falling off, essentially. Everything you would expect someone who has never ridden a dragon um he did uh so that was fun to watch uh i could imagine like if they were to do the shows on like imax the final season that would be incredible to watch oh yeah yes i wish you know i really wish that hbo would have done kind of like what netflix has been doing lately with their films and mm-hmm. release this in a theater because this would be perfect to watch yes. in a theater i'm a little jealous of the people that got to see the premiere in new york because they obviously were able to go into a theater right. and see the premiere. um but man it it, w- it would have been nice if hbo were able to broker some kind of licensing deal with movie theaters and just screen it because these episodes are like i think like 90 minutes right they're movie lengths so yeah so they're, they're technically feature length you know films that we're watching every sunday night so here's to hoping here's to hoping um and another tidbit that i noticed so his his dragon that he rode Mm. is Rhaegal, and you know Rhaegal is named after his father little does he know Mm -hmm. so that was pretty fitting um and more callbacks uh they kind of fly and they land near this waterfall i feel like there's a cave behind it i don't know but danny said like we could stay here for a thousand years um much like um egret saying you know i never want to leave this cave so uh it was kind of like a sweet kind of bittersweet moment because you know danny i don't I'm not sure if John ever talked about his first love, but, you know, a call back to that moment when that lovely cave scene um, heard around the world. (laughs) So that was great. And can we just talk about how corny Danny and John oh, are? They, like they're they were so, so corny in love. and like and so much PDA between <laughs> the two of them. Like guys, get a room or something. <laughs> get a room. I mean, the dragons were literally looking at them like, okay, get mom, dad, get a room. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was funny i think i had tweeted um there's like the scene where or the capture a moment where john's kissing Daenerys and he like opens one eye and he catches like drogon just staring him down it's like when you think you put your kids to sleep that was hilarious i love that <laughs> he looked a little jealous like you know like here this is my mom you know i've been She's raised me since I was a baby, and here you come in in our lives and disrupting things. Like, Drogon didn't look like he would take too kind to John. No, I don't think so, but John is daddy, so he, he's going to have to get used to True. it. <laughs> so, um, another interaction that Danny had was when she met Sam, which for me, I was really excited for it, and it quickly went left. Big time. <laughs> so you know you know they, they seem to be kind of like kindred spirits i could see them like being friends mm-hmm. and then you know sam's like you know can i get a pardon can you hook me up i stole some books i stole a sword but it was going to be mine anyways you know house tarly and whatnot right and then danny's like uh not randall tarly and Sam's like, yeah, it's my pops. And then Danny goes, oh, about that. Yeah, I, I burned what him. Happened <laughs> <was>. <laughs> he wasn't, he didn't try to bend the knee. Um, so, you know, Sam is upset, but he's like, oh, no big deal. You know, at least I get to go back home. I get to see my brother. Ah, 
yeah. About that. About that. I mean, it, would, too. it was sad, but at the same time, wasn't his family kind of trash towards him? Um, I think so. They changed actors, but the original Dickon, great name, by the way, um, <laughs> Randall was clearly a jerk, and Dickon was kind of. He, I wouldn't say he joined in, but he laughed. Like he laughed yeah, at Sam. He wasn't very supportive. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He was nowhere near. Like you know, Sam's mother and sister were very loving towards him, yeah. but the males in the family weren't huge fans yeah. of Sam. Um, but you know, that just gives you that just shows you what kind of person Sam is. Despite the fact that his brother and his father were basically jerks to him his whole life, he's still shedding tears for them. Right. And he's still right. pissed off at Daenerys for mur- not murdering, but executing, you know, his family. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Sam excuses himself, um, and Daenerys is sitting there looking like like the biggest douche on the planet. I feel like those are like <laughs> this is like the one time she regrets burning someone alive. Um, so he's just like trying to get away. I'm sure he wants to go cry in a corner, and he runs into Bran sitting in a courtyard. So. Yeah, Brain has spent an exorbitant amount of time in this premiere episode sitting oh, wait, in the let's, court. Let's go backwards a little bit because I wanted okay. to comment on um, Samuel. Like, I thought that the information that he gave John, because mm-hmm. he, he discloses his his ancestry, um, John's right. ancestry to him. So mm-hmm. he was really quick with that information because, right. you know, in the previous scene, Daenerys tells him about you know, his dad and his, his brother are gone. But right. then in this following scene, Sam tells John about his ancestry. And then he tells him that, you know, you're entitled to the throne, you know, like it's yours if you want it. So do you feel like he, do you feel if Daenerys never told him or didn't execute his family that he would have held back a little bit longer on that information? Um, I'm not sure because think about it immediately after he leaves Danny, um, he meets Bran and Bran's like, you need to tell him like right now. Mm. Um, so I kind of like, I, I do feel he was absolutely emotional and this is probably not the best time for Sam to communicate that information. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Bran said to do it and you know, Bran knows best. So right, we're going right. to do it. So Bran was like, you are really quick with giving that information. Like he didn't waste a second. Like, by the no. way, dude, let me tell you, like he's like Maury Povich there. Just read. <laughs> <laughs> you are the father. You are the father. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's, let's kind of dive a little bit deeper into that scene. So they're in the crypts. Um, Sam has fallen over himself. Uh, <laughs> good old clumsy Sam. And so John kind of greets him. They hug it out, you know, Hey bro, what are you doing here? And that's when, you know, Sam drops that bomb. And I feel like it's so much information to take in for one person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like John's finally at the point in his life where he's secure in himself. You know, he used to hate being a bastard, you know, it just like, it used to always piss him off. He was treated, he was mistreated. But at this point, he's basically kind of, very much like what uh, Tyrion told him, like, you know, wear like a shield. You're a bastard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a bastard. He's okay with it. He, you know, he has everything in his life is going right outside of, you know, this army coming. But, you know, he has a girl. He's a great leader. Um, and then here comes Sam basically popping that bubble. And not only is he telling him that you're, you're the heir to the throne, 
now you're basically a rival to your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. by the way, your dad isn't your dad. Your dad is your girlfriend's brother. Um, your aunt is actually your mom, and your aunt is your girlfriend. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of information. And then John, you know, rightfully so was angry. You know, so you're trying to tell me that this man, this great man, Ned Stark, the most honorable person I've ever met in my life, lied to me my entire life. And that's how it be. Yeah. You know, some of the most noble people have their skeletons in their closet and, and Ned Stark was one of them. And right. unfortunately John didn't know until after the fact of his parents' lineage and to hear it from Samuel like this. And I just, you know, I, I felt like he could have just let it down a little bit. Like, I don't know, like give him some time, let them mm. a little bit. Nope. Um, but yeah, he, he couldn't wait to get that that information out to to john so yeah well it, it felt like the timing was really bad on that one yeah well those are the orders and I, I thought it was interesting that when sam told him that um ned wasn't his father he was standing next to ned's statue and then as he's telling him more he's saying like liana is your mother he kind of mm. walks towards liana's statue so i just thought that was interesting placement um yeah. good writing i guess on the part of uh, of the writers um but yeah sam I kind of, the you know what kind of threw me off is the fact that John just kind of, even though he doesn't accept it, he takes it and he takes it in for fact. I thought there was going to be a lot more convincing to do considering that all they had yeah. was a diary and the fact that like Bran had a vision and no one really knows the scope of Bran's powers. So I thought that right. they would have to like go back and like find a certificate, you know, something crazy like that. But you know, it's just like Sam's like, or even have that reaction of like denial. Like, right. you know, this is not true. How do you know this? And you can't prove that. Right. Like, just having this moment of anger knowing that maybe deep down inside he knows it's true but he's angry about it and he's in denial like that to me seems like that would be the more natural reaction to have but he didn't even have that no he was just angry that it was he was basically like it's true and i'm pissed off about it (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah so it's kind of interesting what that what's how that's going to unfold for the rest of the season i'm kind of scared to see what daenerys is going to do when she finds out Um, i don't think she's going to freak out about the fact that she's been like banging her nephew but i think she's going to be upset that he is the true heir to the throne you know she's been preaching since the very beginning she's been thirsty for that throne you know this is my throne i'm the rightful heir and now you realize that the man laying in bed next to you nah that's his title um so i i kind of feel that they're just gonna get married i hope and then they don't have to worry about fighting about it but um and then sam brought up an interesting point when he said you know you give up your crown for daenerys but would she give up her crown for you and i don't think danny would i mean let's be real yeah that's her goal that's what she's been basically working towards for the last eight seasons she's not going to give that up for anybody not even john so um because john i don't i don't think john's desire is for the iron throne i think he's just you know doing his due diligence mm -hmm. you know his allegiance is to his family exactly it's his his people and and that's all that is important for him so you know if it meant giving it up to bring the peace i I think john would do that absolutely so well it's interesting to see how that's going to unfold for the rest of the season um but in the meantime if it also meant 
like giving it up to bring the peace, but if it also meant that taking it, taking the Iron Throne for peace, I think he'd do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. So. John is definitely very much like Ned. He's a he's a man of honor and he does yeah. his duty, uh, whether right. he wants to or not. Just like, you know, Ned was very reluctant to be the hand of the king, but at the end of the day, his king called him to do it and he's going to do it. So same goes right. for, for John. If he has to get on that Iron Throne, he'll do it reluctantly, but he'll do it. Um, so, you know, it's, we're going to see who's going to end up there. Um, so (laughs) speaking of Kings, let's talk about the night King. Um, Mm. he loves to send messages. That man is creative or that creature is creative. And (laughs) so I thought it was funny. So they're, they're kind of at the last hearth, which is, um, a little bit south of the wall farther north of Winterfell. So that's why I call it the last hearth. Um, it is now um, in the care of little Ned Umber. And so Ned was sent by John to get the rest of his people. Well, when Tormund and um, Beric Dondarrion get to the castle, it's empty. So they're kind of exploring, trying to figure out what's going on. And they run into the Night's Watch and with uh, Dol- Dolores Ed. And I thought it was kind of funny, but they're like, oh my God, he has blue eyes, watch out! <laughs> And then Tormund's like, I've always had blue eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, that cracked me up. Uh, I love when they sprinkle in humor. Um, yeah. But it quickly turns sour when they find little Ned and he's dead. And he's yeah. pinned up to this wall with legs and arms and God knows what else in the spiral fashion. That was so creepy. Was and when creepy. and when that blood curdling oh, happened, I, I have two cats. Yeah, I have two cats and they were like kind of seated near me. They both ran up. <laughs> They're like, I- I'm full of this. I don't know what that sound is, but I'm out of here. No, and it actually got me a second time because I watched it a couple times and like the second and third watch, I still like, like jumped in my seat when little Ned starts screaming and then like, yeah. You know what? No one should name their son Ned any longer. Yeah. Just, nope. just no more. <laughs> like, Ned, no. <laughs> Ned lost his head, and then you know, um, Talisa, Rob's wife, was considering naming her son Ned. In in her womb, he dies, or the baby, whatever. And then poor Ned Umber gets turned into a white, and then he gets set on fire. Like, come on, yeah. just stop naming your kids an ed uh (laughs) it's a bad omen so yeah the spirals essentially have been an ongoing symbol that the the night king the white walkers have used since the very beginning of the show nobody Mm -hmm. knows why nobody knows what it means but it's an ongoing theme and apparently um those type of symbols have been prevalent even in our world today. So uh, uh, hopefully by the finale, we'll, f- we'll know wh- what this means. What it means. But yeah. it, it was definitely a message that they're coming. That, that's what I'll take away from it. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of wraps up the show, but we get left with one more tantalizing moment. Um, <laughs> we see our um, Prince Charming lookalike ride into Winterfell like he did the pilot. And he, and you know, instead of taking off his helmet, he takes off his hood and he looks around. He's looking kind of smug, like, yeah, I'm back. And look who's waiting on him at the dough. We, <laughs> we have brand, like, Jamie was good. Was good, Jamie. Was good. Was good. <laughs> like I've been waiting on you. 
And I've been waiting eight seasons for this, bro. Like, what's good? And what cracked me up is like the whole episode. I'm like, why is Brain in this courtyard? Like, does he not get cold? Like, why is he out here? Like, and it kind of goes back to the fact that he's a three-eyed raven. Like, he sees, he knows what's gonna happen. He doesn't know when. So, you know, Brand stays ready. (laughs) He's like, I'm gonna be out here every day until Jamie pops up. Okay. So, you know, and, you know, JB just, like, kind of, like, oh, bleep, like, I push, hey, hey. You know that that Jamie's fate is is sealed this season. He is not going to make it past this season. And it's either going to be at the hands of Bran or at the hands of Cersei. So um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, Jamie, he ain't he ain't gonna be living much longer. Mm, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm ho- I'm I'm holding out. I'm hoping that Jamie, because you know, speaking of people that did horrible things, Jamie was pushed a kid out a window, um, among other terrible things, and he's kind of have a redemptive arc, and he's kind of a character that we all love now. True. So I I don't want to see Jamie go down. Um, and then I kind of want Jamie to stick around simply for the fact that we need someone to take out Cersei. Um and the, oh, you think Jamie's gonna do it? Well, the prophecy states. Um, they touch on the prophecy on the right. show, but in the book, they left out a part that says, um, the Valonqar will essentially uh said like the Valonqar will wrap his his hands around your neck, and you'll die. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's the prophecy. Um, so she's gonna get strangled at some point. Um, and Valonqar means little brother, in High Valerium. And Jamie mm-hmm. is her little brother as well. I mean, they're twins, but Cersei came out first. And I feel like it'd be too obvious for it to be Tyrion. Um, so I think it'd be kind of poetic that the person that ends up killing Cersei is the person that loves her the most. So, right. I mean, right. who knows? Maybe Bronn will take him out at the same time. I don't know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm rooting for Jamie to, to be alive at the end of this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but I am really looking forward to next week. Um, yeah. Brand's reaction to Jamie. I don't feel like actually Brand is upset at this point. He's not human anymore. So he's not really mm. <laughs> going to be upset about As feeling right. or feel some type of way about being paralyzed. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. He doesn't need his legs. Um, and, you know, if, if you think about it, if Jamie hadn't pushed him out the window, he wouldn't be the three eyed raven. Um, so he's. I feel like they're, you know, Brand's waiting to have a conversation with him. I don't think Brand's waiting to be like, "You pushed me out a window, and now I'm going to put you to death." Can't say that Danny mm. won't. <laughs> um, if you see in the preview for next week, um, he's brought uh, before them in the Great Hall, and Danny looks like she's about to rip into him. So, um, mm. you know, let's hope <laughs> Jamie makes it through uh, this episode um, because I think they're also going. I heard that. I mean, it looks like they're setting up to fight the Army of the Dead this following episode, which for me feels so mm. early. But if you think about it, we only have five more episodes they're really going through these episodes really fast um but again they probably have to unpack so much world building that's happened over the last seven seasons that they got to get that all out and um yeah i mean i'm good with the pace i don't like it when you play around and just throw in all these extra scenes uh so i'm i'm here for it but yeah it's just 
You know, it's going to be gone before we know it. No. The only thing that I, I can say I'll hold on to is the fact that hopefully George puts out another book. Um, it's been quite a while, George. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have that. We're probably not. <laughs> hopefully we'll live to see it as long as it takes for him to put yeah, out this so book. come on george um, and then you know we have the prequel that was greenlit for the pilot which will focus on the long night so you know we'll have something i mean thrones mm-hmm. is over but we'll still have you know the, the world right is still going to be Westeros will still right right on. so yeah. um yeah, yeah so yeah this episode was great um i thoroughly enjoyed it i'm probably gonna watch it again not gonna lie to you <laughs> I'm going to watch it again too because just listening to some of the things that you caught on to that I didn't, I'm like, okay, let me rewatch and just make sure I am prepped for Absolutely. next Because again, it, it's so hard to live tweet mm. these shows and keep up with right. the details because there's so much going in at once because I missed the opening yeah. credits. So, um, yeah, you got to do that rewatch. When people ask me, how do you live tweet and watch this at the same time? I don't. <laughs> yeah. I I get the good parts in and then I tweet about that, but yeah, those extra details, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to rewatch the show mm-hmm. so I can understand. But I mean, at the end of the day, the live tweets are so fun. Um, I will say this. Um, I've done a few live tweets for the last few months. Great shows, you know, American Gods, Deadly Class, I did True Detective, but the fandom for Game of Thrones is insane. It's unlike no insane. other. Unlike no other. Every tag on Twitter that was trending was about it was Game crazy. of Thrones. Like I had my Twitter up, you know, I'm working on my tweet deck and I have the hashtag just to see people's reactions. I couldn't keep up. It was literally like three or four tweets a second. Like my news feed was just like flashing yeah. um, rapid pace. Yeah. So, you know, uh, speaking of next week, we'll still be live tweeting the show at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to dig into that episode. And of course, we'll have this podcast next week as well. Um, what do you think, Jamie? Do you think we should maybe um, some, maybe some things that we missed ourselves do you think we should have um our black girl nerds tweet at us or give us some some questions for next week what do you think yeah yeah i think that's great i think for those of you guys that are listening in if you guys have questions or even comments about this past episode please tweet at us um you can tweet at the at black girl nerds handle on twitter you can also tweet at the at black girl geeks Mm -hmm. handle on twitter and Mm -hmm. use the hashtag thrones y'all that's the tag that we've been using for a few seasons now and let us know what you thought about this past episode are there any theories that you have about what the fate will be of some of our favorite characters uh what your predictions are going to be who you think is going to end up on the iron throne um, all of those fun questions and um, comments, please uh, tweet at us and, and let us know. And yes, we'll we'll be here next week. I'm really excited. And Angelica, you did a great job for your first podcast. I got to say, you, you like, killed you. it. Um, thank you for just kind of breaking this whole thing down. It's it's great to talk to someone who is like hardcore oh, yeah. fan of then you're i'm just like okay i'm just gonna <laughs> listen to what you say and just chime in <laughs> whenever um 
So yeah. And one of these days, one of these days, I will get past Storm of Swords. <laughs> this is like sacrilegious to me. You have to read the books. It ha- like if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you must read the series. And my recommendation is those volumes are like phone books. You don't want to read it. That's fine. There is always the audio book. And I well, that's what I did. I I did well. Actually, I did both. I did both the audio book and I would read the book. So, mm-hmm. like when I would drive to work in the morning, I'd listen to the audio book. When I got home at night, I'd read the book, and that's how I was able to get through the first two books so quickly. Um, but mm-hmm. then, yeah, life kind of got in the way, and I didn't get the finish. No, I need you to get on that. Uh, you cannot be like Roy Dutrice, <laughs> the narrator. He is amazing. Like you, he's. Yeah, Roy Dodger. Can never say his name right? But actually, fun fact before we go, because I'm a huge nerd. um, Fun fact: Roy um, Dodger was actually the pyromancer in season two. The guy that like got all those caches of um, the Dragonfire. That was him. He was originally supposed to play um, Grandmaster Pycelle, but he was too—I guess not say too old—but his health was failing. So they gave him a smaller role on the series. So that man is very much part of the Game of Thrones universe. So. Get the audiobooks. Get the audiobooks. Yeah, the, the audio the audiobooks are epic. And um, you know, if you by the way, because <laughs> I'm cheap, um, if you if you don't want to purchase it on Kindle, you can just because what I did was I just used the app through my public library. Yeah. And I think everybody has like an app their public library. That's what I did. I just downloaded the app and listened to it on my um mm-hmm. ebook that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's great, mm-hmm. and of course you can go to the, the audio books. Like yeah, it, I mean, movies. I did that too. Yeah. Um, I will say, full disclosure, it's like twenty disc, um, but <laughs> but it's available yes. to you guys out there. Of course, you you can do your usual, like your Audible, your Kindle, what have you. But um, definitely, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, not that the season is uh, the series is wrapping up, um, you're going to want to be part of this. You're you're you know you can go back and read the books, binge watch your show, read the books, like just prepare yourself and then it does it does yeah. bring things into perspective reading the books i mean i didn't finish them but you know reading those first um two and a half books uh because i didn't finish That's the Storm best Swords, one but, like know. how did you not finish it jamie 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 i know now now you make me feel bad okay now probably after i get off you're gonna podcast, go cry in your car <laughs> get back into i think it was like the 15th chapter and i will get to yes absolutely start reading but yeah yeah uh but yeah well this is great i will uh we both look forward to uh tweeting Mm -hmm. with you next sunday and thanks so much for taking the time to thanks guys see you next week